In business, you rarely hear the expression for life. You make a purchase for a product, for a service, and, and there's, a, there's a time frame there. Well, that's not the case with Awaken 180 weight loss. Allow me to explain. You know, a year ago, I started with Awaken 180 weight loss and had incredible success losing weight. But you can lose all the weight in the world and not keep it off. And what good is it? That's why I have support for life from Awaken 180. Yeah. I mean, I go back for check-ins and make sure everything's going smoothly. But if I ever had a problem, the counselors are there to get me back on track. Why don't you do what I did and call for a consultation? 844-346-1800. 844-346-1800. Or go to Awaken180WeightLoss.com. Mandy, you made this? What is going on, all of you handsome listeners? Welcome back to The Dagger, the podcast where we cover all things NBA and the top news in all the basketball. I am Taylor Call. I am joined by the goons, BJ Johnson and Dion Franklin. Say hello to the people. What's that? How we doing? How we doing? Huge shout out to the listeners this week big milestone we hit 1000 streams on the podcast you yes sir blowing this yep. shit up we are grateful we are not content we're gonna keep grinding we have some great stuff coming down the pipe stay tuned but we're grateful for all of you guys for blowing this up tell your friends we're not stopping anytime soon today what we got for you guys We're going to be talking some injuries, lots of injuries in the NBA this week. Some big names, I'm sure you've heard, but LeBron, out indefinitely. Are the Lakers in trouble? We're going to talk about some, uh, a little bit of one player on the move so far. I anticipate there'll be more in the next week or so, but P.J. Tucker getting traded to the Bucks. What do we think of that move? We're going to play start, bench, and cut. That's what we're going to be doing. I'm going to give the boys some trios, and we're going to start one, bench one, and cut one. Should be pretty entertaining. Um, And then we're going to talk about some analysts. We've mentioned in some previous episodes that there's some some analysts we rock with, and there's some analysts we do not rock with. So we're going to be giving you guys our tier list of our best and worst analysts in the NBA. So lots of stuff coming today. We're super excited. But first, y'all know how it works by now. We got to give out some awards. Going to give out some Hooper of the Week. We're going to give out some good hustle awards. Dion, hit me with your Hooper of the Week. All right. Let's get this going. Um, my Hooper of the Week comes from a team that is on a roll. Won five of the last five. And that is the Milwaukee Bucks. Mm. Uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo is going crazy right now. Trying to stay in that uh, or perhaps enter that MVP conversation now. Um, he, just went, he just had three crazy games in a row. Like 31, 32, 26 points. And then... He had a triple double with 15 rebounds and 10 and 10 assists, 15 assists in the other game, like unstoppable. He's he's 
definitely my Uber of the week. Uh, there were other really good players, so it was really hard to decide this week. But for me, he just shifted gear this past week and turned it up. Yeah, no doubt. It's a great pick. Like, you, you had to think at some point Giannis was going to have his say about who gets MVP, right? Mm-hmm. You know, he might not have the final say, but you, you had to think at some point he was going to kick it into an MVP level of play this year, and he definitely has the past little bit. Mm-hmm. And who knows? Yeah. He, could, he could climb into MVP front runner if he keeps going yeah. like this. You, you got to have him in the MVP talks. Like, I know people probably got the Giannis fatigue, and but he's balling, like, again – and he makes it look so easy and forget. He's like a seven-footer doing all this stuff out there. Got to have him yeah. in there. Huge shout-out to Giannis yeah. for carrying my fantasy team, too. Let's go, freak. <laughs> <laughs> Carry daddy to the championship. Let's go. <laughs> I know y'all forgot about the fantasy league, but it's there. I don't think anybody has checked their team in weeks, but I do. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm like the Houston Rockets of our fantasy league right now. Like I'm just scratching for a W, but it's not, it's not happening. <laughs> too too soon with the Rockets, man. Too too soon with the Rockets. Rip. If if for nothing else, out of respect for Steven Silas, I think we need to. <laughs> Have give a the moment Rockets. of silence. Yeah, have, give the Rockets a break this week. We'll, we'll come back to them. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> BJ, hit me with your Hooper of the Week. Man, Hooper of the Week for me, a lot of people might not know this guy. Uh, he actually came onto the scene, at least my radar, a couple weeks ago in a conference tournament. Um, Jason Preston from Ohio University. Mm. This guy is a – he wasn't – real highly sought after coming out of high school. He actually barely even played in high school, too. Like, he didn't get a lot of time. Yeah, I but, think he um, averaged two points a game in high school. Yeah, like, like nobody knew who he was. He's a legit NBA prospect, but um, he's had a crazy – I mean, they just lost today to Creighton, but he's been having a crazy good tournament. Um, he's a legit NBA player, and I think it was really cool that when they upset Virginia – he dedicated the game to his late mom. So I thought that was, he's just been a pretty good story of the tournament um, for me, but I think you'll see him at the next level for sure. He's, he can really impact the game at a lot of different levels and he can score like really well. So just want to show some love to some of the mid-major guys out there. Jason Absolutely. Preston. Yes, sir. Jason Preston, y'all. Yeah. I, I've seen, I've seen the story like <clears throat> while I was on the internet and mm-hmm. it was insane. Like, no offers, no nothing. This man literally carried this team to the second round and could have possibly made it to the 16, but, you know, yeah. you can't carry that load by yourself for too long. But I props to this kid because he stayed on track, worked hard, and he's making the dream. He's making his dream work. For sure. Yeah, it's it's wild. Like, you think about, like you said, zero offers. And he carried his team further than, for example, Ohio State, you know, had no interest in him, you know, all of these teams. And yet he made it further than the vast majority of them. Dude is an absolute bucket. And like you said, great story. Great story. Very deserving. Hooper of the week. Taylor, who you got? I got a guy who might surprise you, and I don't know why. People think on this podcast that I don't like Luka Doncic or that I think Luka is overrated. That is absolute slander. True. I will not hear it. 
Fruit. I will not hear of it. My Hooper of the Week is Luka Doncic. <laughs> My man is doing it all, okay? Obviously, he's doing it on the court. And he is so bored, you know, from doing his thing and, you know, that he has time, you know, to just work his way over to the sideline, you know, <laughs> slither up to that, you know, somewhat attractive female official that they had work in the game. And my man shooting his shot <laughs> in the middle of an NBA game. I think... Yes. I think his exact words where he goes up to this official true story. Go watch the video. I'm sure you've probably seen it. But he's talking about a foul, and you see her saying, What foul? What foul? And he's like, I'm fouling in love with you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, Luca. She couldn't help but smile. I couldn't help but smile. <laughs> <laughs> imagine the size of your cojones to go up to a female official and start hitting on mm-hmm. her mm-hmm. Dude yeah. needs a wheelbarrow to carry those things around man like yeah <laughs> like, either it's gonna work or you're getting a technical <laughs> right for the pickup line being so bad but you know you know <laughs> there there's to get serious for a sec about Luka Doncic, you know, there's an old, ancient, you could say, Babylonian proverb which says, shoot or shoot. And when it comes to Luka Doncic, <laughs> that guy, shoot or shoot, That's man. His shot is wet, shoot, too. Shoot or shoot. <laughs> That's a proverb. That's a mantra. Shoot or That's shoot. That's right. You know, from the deepest temples of India, you know, to the Taj shoot Mahal. To shoot to stay hot <laughs> to the cathedrals of europe you know let it be said shoot or shoot <laughs> luca definitely was shooting the other night <laughs> Big facts. I, I, I think you could probably classify it as a miss but you know oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> but shoot shoot or shoot man <laughs> luca dodge hooper of the week <laughs> keep shooting young fella that's a baller earless all right let's get negative my Good Hustle Award, first of all, I have two. Mm. Um, I mentioned Ohio State just a moment ago. Ohio State was a two-seed in this tournament, and they lost to Oral Roberts, which now multiple teams have. No shame in that. They're hot. Definitely should have won, but, you know, no shame in losing in March. But one of the better players for Ohio State, and honestly, I thought he played better than anybody for Ohio State that whole game. What's his first name? I forget. EJ? Yeah. Uh, I I forgot his name completely. Liddell. I think it's EJ. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. EJ Liddell, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. for Ohio State. Mm -hmm. After, After the game was getting death threats from Ohio State fans. Ohio State, come on now. Like, (laughs) you could talk about how wrong this is and stuff, but you guys have to be some of the most entitled fans in all of sports. Like, your football team just went to the college football playoff, won a game, was in the finals. Like, And because your basketball team gets upset by a good team, you're going to be shooting. And this is multiple. This isn't one crackpot. This is quite a few people mm-hmm. are sending death threats to your to your own players. Like what? 
It makes no this, sense. This is so messed up, man. Like, come mm-hmm. on. You guys had a great season. You're definitely not the first team to get upset in this tournament, let alone in general. You certainly won't be the last. Chill out and have some perspective. You guys are spoiled. Spoiled. Mm-hmm. Straight facts. That is some messed up shit. Ohio State. Get your not yeah, the team. I mean, the team The team was kind of hustling. Like, they slept, kind of slept walk through that game, but they were still playing. You know, they were playing hard. They didn't give yeah. up. Came down to the final shot. Yeah, yeah it came down to the three. final shot, you know. There's no shame in that. But Ohio State fans. Yeah. Come on, hustle. Man. Chill out. Go watch your your tape from 2014 where they won, you know, the college football playoffs and chill chill the fuck out. <laughs> respectfully chill the fuck out. Respectfully chill Not the even fuck respectfully. Out. As aggressively. Chill the fuck out with that. All right. Or not. Or not. It sending death threats to your own players. Yeah. Yeah, Come in on, that wow. case, not, not especially the guy who was probably the best player that whole game. He was playing hard, he was an absolute low yeah. down low. He's Come the on only now. reason they're relevant all year in the yeah. big <laughs> what are you... Come on now, those are some die easy fans, not die hard fans. Those are die easy fans. <laughs> spoiled, spoiled. All right, I'm done. Dion, who's hustling? So <laughs> for me. Who is hustling this week is every single person who entered a bracket in one of the many websites that there are to enter brackets in the U.S. I can't believe every single bracket was busted halfway through the second day. Like it was still the first round and it was every single bracket, every single bracket was busted. I can't believe this. Uh there were so many upsets, and they keep on happening. I don't understand how Oral Roberts in the sixth scene, but props to these teams for winning. Like mm-hmm. I have nothing against that. I just think it's like it's getting old. <laughs> I, I need I need something to cheer for, and I don't I don't know any of these teams. Like what the fuck is Abilene? Like I don't I don't understand. <laughs> what what is Abilene? Like get the fuck out of here. Uh so yeah, yeah. No I for, I forgot my bonus good hustle award, which goes right along <laughs> with yours, Dion. I have to give myself a good hustle. <laughs> I filled out a bracket. I thought I had researched. I thought I was in the know. And in after the, know, the first day, that's an no. Yeah, yeah, for real. Same here, though. Last time I checked, I was in the fourth percentile. <laughs> no. Not 96th percentile, the fourth percentile. And I actually bottomed out at the second percentile. I'm on I'm working my way up now, but oh, I was it. at the after after the first round, I was in the second percentile. Out of 32 games, I called 14 correctly. <laughs> and that's included four four freebies <laughs> with one versus sixteen. <laughs> <laughs> and three two versus 15s so outside of those i got exactly what is that seven right seven that was not a one versus a 16 or two it's it's been a rough week oh yeah I'm going to be retiring from any type of college basketball coverage or analysis <laughs> 
I'm going to stay in my lane with the NBA. <laughs> Same. I'm never going to be giving another tip for a college basketball game and or tournament. <laughs> Ever again. If yeah. you if I get and if I break my rule, do the exact opposite. If I say <laughs> Liberty, book it, you should pick Oklahoma State. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. All right. I'm oh done. my god. Oh my DJ, god. I'm so excited for your good hustle award. <laughs> oh, has been man. locked and loaded for his good hustle award for a few days Let's get now. It. Let's get He's it. About to absolutely unload. Go ahead, VJ. Yeah, just let me get on my soapbox for this one for a second. You know, so once in a while, the NCAA will will show you who they are. And then every time they do, everyone's surprised about how corrupt they are. Well, turns out they are back at it again in the biggest tournament in the world. (laughs) They, so I'll just set the scene. Sedona Prince, Oregon uh, women's basketball player. She goes to TikTok like all the kids do these days, and she shows us the weight room that the women have compared to the men. And I thought she was joking, but she showed us a rack of weights that you would find in a garage or a Motel 6. Like, just I don't even think they went up to a full rack of weights. I think the highest on there was 25. (laughs) (laughs) And not only that, not only that, the NCAA was kind enough to also give them about six yoga mats. So there they like, oh, these Division One women's players, all they need is a rack of weights up to 25 and six yoga mats. That is how elite competitors need to train, right? And she pans over to the men's section, and they got Smith machines, state-of-the-art Olympic-style dumbbells, everything you could think for. And then secondly, she shows us what the practice court looks like. And I'm telling you, man, they got an LA fitness rundown. I mean, people probably play on those and dress shoes. It's just like one of the gyms that like, was that, you know, like when Michael Jordan's shoe got stuck on his, oh no, Space Jam, when it was coming out the wood, Tasmanian devil had to clean it. It just looked like a terrible place to play basketball. And she was just like, when she did it, I thought she was joking, right? And that's not where it ends. So then they have a side-by-side view of what the women got when they got to the women's bubble and what the men got. Man, it looks like they gave these women two water bottles, a pack of now laters, a welcome to the tournament shirt, a towel. But the men have deodorant, face wash, stuff for their rooms, a new hoodie, a new bag, a new Nike bag, like everything else. I'm like, okay. Is this for real? Or like they, they gotta be joking. Like April Fools is I know it's around the corner, but this was an all-time good one if that was the case here. <laughs> and then lastly, they show what the meals look like for the women compared to the players, uh, for men's and women's. So the men have buffet style, golden corral, all you can eat set up. Meanwhile, they giving these women kid cuisine, hungry man dinners. You know, Michael, you know, I'm like, what is this? I'm like, they give them instant mashed potatoes to warm up, but the men sitting over there with the fresh, good stuff. And I'm just like, come on, man. The NCAA, every once in a while, they'll show us who they are. We refuse to believe them. Hmm. And and it's just, I, 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 I don't have any words for it because I swear I was watching a prank. But then the last one, and I know this, this one's going to take the cake. 
and I we should be surprised. But if you are a women's coach and you have your child with you in the bubble and the NCAA women's bubble, and let's say your child depends on you for food and care and whatnot, that baby or infant counts against your count for how many people you can bring with you into the bubble. So if you bring your child, you might not be able to bring your full training staff or you might not be able to bring all your assistant coaches because let's just say, God forbid, you have a child and you want to be a good mother, they can't come in a bubble. I mean, what are you going to say to the kids? Sucks to suck. You can't come, little buddy. Like, that's what it sounds like. And it's just the issue, though, with Layman, that might be all-time great hustle. Not just good hustle. That is mm-hmm. the greatest hustle I've ever seen. Oh, I'm yeah. saying one one rack of weights and a yoga mat, and they was like, man, this, this is going to get it done. And they've had months to plan this, and, like, yeah, they were like, this is a winner right here. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> Bro, like, there are bad looks. There are really bad work looks. There's the Titanic. And then there's this look. Like this, <laughs> this is an all-time bad look. Mm-hmm. Like, and they won't take responsibility, of course. Like, I'm with VJ. I'm waiting for impractical jokers to come out from behind the curtain. Like, psych. Like, <laughs> just got right. And like this, this is this is an all-time bad. And you know, I when when VJ says that this is a garage style setup of like four dumbbells on a little triangle this is thing, no like, exaggeration. It's, it's like it's no exaggeration. This whatsoever. This, this is an all time bad look, all time. And oh man, the NCAA. And like, of course, the excuse that they gave for you know the weight room. I. It's so stupid to call it a weight room. It's like it's not, four. It's, it's like weight four room. weights. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Four like weights. My, my dad has more in his basement than the entire, <laughs> you know, top sixty-four women's teams got. But like the excuse they gave is they didn't have room. <laughs> That's why they don't have. <laughs> and they literally like in the TikTok that VJ is talking about. She literally pans over and there's just like an entire empty room. Not like a small room. It's like <laughs> 30 by 30. And it's just like, like completely hangar. empty of like, here's where the weight room should be. And then there's this like, it's bro. Like this is just such a bad look for the NCAA. Mm-hmm. Like I'll give them the benefit of the doubt and say it's poor planning. Not even like <laughs> Just let just let the women use the men's weight. Like, what's the problem? I don't get it. They're they're down in Texas. That's where oh, this and the men's are. I thought they were in the same place. No, the women's bubbles in Texas. Oh, fair. But I don't understand. Wait, wait, wait. Somebody higher up in the pause, pause. You mean to tell me they're in the big ass state of Texas and their excuses they don't <laughs> have enough space? <laughs> You know, VJ, it's, it's a football state. You know, I'm sure if they played football, there would be all kinds of facilities, yeah. but I'm pretty sure okay. that's the best gym the state of Texas has to offer, apparently. <laughs> carry on, carry on. I just want to make sure I heard that. Yeah, they're in Texas. You know. Yeah, that's, that that's the Everything you. is big in Texas. Except, for the oh, except, except the weight rack. Not the weight room, the weight rack. Like, I, I have, I, anyway, I have a really, somebody had to sign off on this, right? Somebody higher up in the NCAA had to be aware of what the men were getting and what the women were getting. Mm -hmm. And like, I understand there might be some simple explanations like, you know, Nike probably donated more for the men's thing or whatever, 
or like, you know, maybe they're using some of the revenue that the men generate, whatever. Mm -hmm. You have to realize what this looks like. Like you have to, you know, understand in 2021, you know, what the optics of this are. And it's not good because Mm -hmm. it's, it's not even so much the optics. It's very clear what the priority is and it's not these athletes mm-hmm. yeah but clearly you're prioritizing mm-hmm. one set of athletes over another and that's not okay yeah. especially for the ncaa especially oh, yeah. for the ncaa so me and dion have taken classes at marquette law school where we've learned about amateur athletics and the law around that and so there's a law that's called title nine and it dictates that for schools if a school was to do this they would be sued in federal court they would because it's mm-hmm. a title nine violation you have to have equal facilities equal scholarships equal opportunities for men and women but if it's the ncaa does it it's fine right oh, yeah. who cares it's all good exactly like it yeah that un- unbelievable like mm-hmm. NCAA, what are you doing, man? Like it, it would have been so good. Yeah. Like you just have to like bring in a few like machines. Like it doesn't have to be the same. Because of course they don't make the same amount of revenue. I just saw something that it, it said like just off of March Madness, the men make eight hundred and sixty something million and the women make not even fifteen million. And I get that, but like a weight room does not cost you that much. And you don't have to buy the weights, you can just rent them. You know, and the crazy thing is, too. Sorry, Deep. Oh, no, go, go for it. In, in the month where, like, it's International Women's Day, like, you're supposed to be <laughs> celebrating women, the NCAA oh, is like, oh, we got something else in mind. Mm-hmm. And, two, like, honestly, when do those guys have the time to go and use all those damn weights during the tournament? Exactly. You're playing like every other day. Like, you're not going to go in there, mm-hmm. like, yeah, man, going to get a 530 lift in. Like, no, you don't have time. You probably have practice or shoot around. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay. Half of that equipment could have been easily like used to support the women. Or, like, there's no way the men are going to use all that because like half the teams are already gone, mm-hmm. including the good ones. So, got to throw that in there. But <laughs> just logistically, like, what wh- what are you thinking? Like, come on, man. It it's like even if it was the WNBA versus the NBA, I would accept Dion's argument of like, mm-hmm. you know, the WNBA only makes X amount, the NBA makes X amount, and so there's mm-hmm. a disparity. Like, mm-hmm. it's still not probably ideal, but I would get it. Those are professionals, you know. Like, yeah, a professional, you know, you kind of reap what you sow, you know. But yeah, like, exactly. we're talking about college students. athletes, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, amateurs. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't fault the men for having good facilities. You know, they got to hunker down for a while. But like, I, like I said, somebody up, you know, in the upper echelon of the NCAA <laughs> had to sign off on this. And yeah, be like, what? yeah, we got yeah, steak for good. the boys, and we got you know hot pockets for the ladies. You know, I'm sure <laughs> that, right? You know, <laughs> bologna and cheese. You know, no biggie. <laughs> like. <laughs> I mean, I guess we can throw in a poorly printed T-shirt for the ladies. You know, Nike donated all yeah. this stuff for the boys. Like, yeah. you have to make an attempt. You have to make an attempt to make it At look like you try. tried. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> like, not. it's so clear of like, you know, what do women need to work out? Four weights ought to do it for an entire <laughs> yeah. you know, Division One basketball team. One of the better ones, by the way. They, they don't work yeah. out, you know, like. Mm-hmm. 
ladies do yoga, right? Give them some yoga right. mats. They'll be happy. Yeah, they give them like six yoga mats, make them different colors. We did enough. Yeah, it's all good. <laughs> One massage table, that's it. Yeah, this, this on, is man. so far beyond half-assed, and I good <laughs> hustle to them for thinking no one would notice and everyone would just be yeah. cool with it. Like <laughs> somebody actually, somebody actually was like designing this. It was like, yeah, that bro, this shit is fire, yeah, bro. Nobody, you hey, know sign, hey, come sign this off, sign off on this, and we good. Yeah, that it's not even so much of that. Deep. I don't think anyone's stupid enough to think that was good, but it's more like <laughs> nobody will notice, right? Nobody yeah. to gender disparity in 2021, right? No one's going to notice. <laughs> 64 teams, one weight rack. I think that ought to do it. I mean, they have internet access in there, it. right? Yeah, yeah but yeah, one minute, you get fine, one minute. That's you know? it. Yeah, we put a CVS near the, you know, walking distance. I think y'all should do it. CVS, Walgreens, I think that ought to do it. What are they, like, doubling up in beds in the hotel now? Like, <laughs> bunk yeah, beds. B- bunk beds. <laughs> Like from brothers, they're not even fully conditioned right. Right? It's like, you know, when your parents were traveling, you know, they didn't want to spend money, you know, you just have to double up in a bed with your brother and shit. Oh yeah. Want to like the ladies having to do that? Like (laughs) you know, having to bring up the little cot thing and somebody has to sleep on that, you know? Like Oh God. Oh man, I good hustle. Like I said, good hustle for thinking nobody was gonna notice. <laughs> <laughs> good oh. hustle for thinking everyone was just gonna be cool oh, with shit. it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. Oh, oh my god. They were Crazy. Like, god damn it. Stupid. <laughs> this is so stupid. Like, it makes no sense. So stupid. <laughs> like I, this is like our new low. It's a whole new low. If they you, don't set the bar very high for themselves. They continue. Yeah. They continue to do it. If you still play. think the NCAA is about anything besides money, <laughs> Exhibit A. You have good hustle too. <laughs> These ladies aren't making us enough money, so they get bologna and cheese sandwiches and four weights, <laughs> <laughs> like and some dry the butt the not the good bread. They get the butt bread, not the good yeah. bread either, sandwiches. <laughs> yeah, it's from the you know. The day old section at the you know Wonder Bread yeah. Factory. I hate to see it. You you do hate to see it. NCAA, good good hustle. Once again, seems inappropriate because clearly nobody was hustling. But uh, what do you do? All right, let's transition. So I'm sure everybody has seen it because LeBron's every single move is blown up by Bleacher Report and ESPN, right? <laughs> so LeBron, I saw a really funny meme the other day of what is Bleacher Report going to put out now that LeBron and LaMelo are injured. <laughs> anyway, LeBron James hurt. High ankle sprain. Those are nasty. Out so indefinitely. Good. Hard to say how long he's going to be out. Um, could could be a minute. Are the Lakers in trouble without Anthony Davis and LeBron? What do we think? I don't. I'll be straight up. Like I don't think so. They'll be fine. It's just a regular season until the playoffs come. If when the playoffs comes, they're still nowhere like near coming back. Like two or three weeks before playoffs, then we can start worrying. Because it might be a wash. I don't know. But they still have some good pieces that can win you, like, regular season games. Uh, I'm not saying they're going to win every single game or, like, 
I don't know. I, I think they're going to be fine until the rest of the season, especially if they make a move because, as you guys just said, they're trying to trade Trez. Um, well, I think they're saying LeBron will be out four to six weeks, but I really think that's just because, like, they're trying to give him extra rest time, not that he actually needs a month and a half to recover. I think they're trying to hold him back from himself on that end. But honestly, I, I'm totally with you. Like, I'm not really worried. Of course, I think the Lakers are slip a little bit in the standings. Mm-hmm. And really, the most important seed to have is the sixth seed because that keeps you from the playing games. But if the Lakers fall to like seven or eight seed and they're in the playing games, who will want to play them the first round? Like, if you're Utah and you work all this season to get the best, the first seed in the West, why would you want that to be like one of your matchups or anything like that? But I honestly, like, I'm not worried because it's just getting LeBron and AD back. And once they have them, like, you see where they were probably one of the, the best teams in the NBA. So I'm not really worried about it. It's just a matter of getting healthy for when it counts. Mm-hmm. See, I'm with you guys. And yet, like LeBron has showed us throughout his career that his seed in the playoffs doesn't really matter, but that was also in the Eastern conference. And so like, I'm inclined to believe that, but it is the West. The West is deep. You know, if you draw the Phoenix suns or the Denver nuggets in the first round of the playoffs, because you slipped because your two stars were hurt, then all of a sudden you have to run the gauntlet when in reality, before whether you were a one or two seed, all of a sudden you have a you know you have a easier first round matchup, but if you slip to five, six, seven, you know whatever. Obviously, they would absolutely plow through the playing games or whatever. But in terms of the route you have to go now, the extra games you'd have to play because you're playing a great team at every level. Um, it could have a big impact. Like LeBron has showed us in the past, his seeding doesn't really matter. You know, he's made it to the finals in the East as like a four seed and like a three seed and stuff like that. Like, it hasn't really mattered in the past. Like when LeBron hits the playoffs, you know, he turns it on. But at the same time, it's the Western Conference and it's deep. And so without that cupcake first round matchup, you know, the toll that could take if they have to go six, seven games potentially in every single round that they play could really wear on them. And if the Nets or something are fresh when they get to the finals, who knows? You know, I think this if if they slip, like you said, their roster is pretty good, even without LeBron. Like they'll probably go about 500, I'd predict, without LeBron and AD. Um, hard to say, though. But, you know, if they slip down a little bit, it will – it doesn't mean they're in trouble necessarily, but it'll make their mm-hmm. path to winning another title much more difficult. Yeah. Well, I think too, like the, even if they have to take a tough route, when I look back on what they had to go through in the bubble, like having to play Portland, Houston, and Denver, and they took all those teams. And I'm talking like James Harden, Russell Westbrook, Houston. They took all those teams out in five games. I don't really think they would have too much trouble other than if, they meet the Clippers in the second round. That would be a, a long series, I predict, too, like you were saying. But I think they've shown, too, like, as long as they're healthy with LeBron and AD, they should, they really should be fine. Like, I think it just comes down to having those two guys and everything kind of else falls into place, especially AD getting nearly two months of rest 
in a regular season. I don't think that's ever happened for him. So a fresh AD could be, you know, lethal come playoff time. Yeah, I totally agree. And plus, like, with them two being out, now all these guys are getting playtime and, like, they can get in their rhythm. Because, like, when you have two Mm -hmm. superstars like that, you don't really get to show your full potential. And the guys like Wesley Matthews that have never played this season can probably get back in his groove and, like, start hitting the threes that he's been missing. You know, Kuzma start getting a little bit more confidence. Uh, You have these developments up until when they come back, and then you add these two superstars with some already hot players. It's it's a wrap, like, if they come back before playoffs. And plus, like, I I was just looking at their schedule – and their last, like, 10 or 15 games, I believe, they're really easy. So if they can, I don't know, win, like, 75% of those without them, too, I feel like they are, they're they are chilling, you know. They're above six, uh, six seed. I mean, obviously, if any team wins 75% of their games over any stretch, that's pretty good. But Well, f- yeah, well fair, but I'm just saying, like, without LeBron and AD, I'm, I'm talking about no, honestly, money on the table. I probably agree with you guys. And your point was is well taken, VJ. That I mean, they totally blew through the West last year. So, mm-hmm. um, but who knows? This year could be different. I feel like the West yeah. is here with the Jazz being yeah. so good and the Suns. I think being the Suns, good. yeah, the Suns will be dangerous for sure. You know, the the Clippers and the Nuggets look about the same. You know, and so you know, Mavericks are on the rise. Portland's mm-hmm. playing better, and so I don't know, like you. The t- I mentioned about six teams, and so you have a huge advantage if you're in the West and you're a one or two seed and you don't have to play any of those teams mm-hmm. in the first round. You know, like any of those teams in the first round, I feel like would be a battle. Yeah. So if you get to skip those and you're the one in the two seed and you get to play like, I don't know, the Spurs or the Grizzlies, that's a big advantage, you know, that you mm-hmm. get to play that team instead of any of those good teams. And so, you know, no Spurs slander, but I don't know. Like, it probably won't have an impact, but it's something to watch as we go of what that, what that playoff race mm-hmm. will look like. Mm-hmm. So, Wait, before we move on, I have one question because I was just looking at the standings and I don't know how none of us gave this a good hustle this week. I just wanted to point this out really quick. So there's the, the Rockets have lost 20 games straight, right? And they're still no, we not. Said we, we said we weren't going to do this. No, no, I'm not. I'm not slandering the Rockets. This okay, time. all right. Like no, those Coyotes. There's still one team that is below them. How is this possible? <laughs> all right, give them the bonus good hustle. Award this is a bonus good. I, I just had to point out because I was looking at this and I'm like, <laughs> how are you still two games behind the Rockets? Like, they, <laughs> you guys lost 20 games straight. How are you not last? <laughs> Yeah. That's a great point. How right? are you behind a team in the standings that has lost 20 consecutive yeah. games? Like, Statistically, and, how is that possible? That, that's what like, I'm talking about. Like, and That's I'm a great so point. How? I'm so confused. I just is this, have to is this Minnesota? Is this Minnesota? Yes, Minnesota. Minnesota. Well, like, for them, one game, like a one win is considered a winning streak. That's how bad they are. Like, Bro, they imagine. get one W. <laughs> Looking up at the Rockets in the standings. <laughs> oh, gosh. It was so bad. Yeah, that's I, had, I had to say it. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's that's good. No, that's a great, great point. Great point. I just assumed they were at the bottom, but no. 
<laughs> that that is great hustle if you're behind the Rockets in the standings right now. That is that is great hustle. Yeah. All right. Oh God. So I anticipate our next show. I hope that we're going to have a lot of free agency and trade deadline moves to talk about. But right now, let's talk about PJ Tucker really quick to the Bucks. What do we think about PJ Tucker to the Bucks? I love that. I love that move a lot. Um, I think he brings some toughness that the Nashus was trying to bring, but wasn't really just a hype man for his big or his little brother Giannis. But I think PJ solidifies the defense and I think he's like the most elite corner three-point shooter in the world because that's all he really gets to shoot he's not really trying to do anything <laughs> else out there and he may like have the least dribbles in NBA history because all he does is rebound and pass and shoot literally so I think he'll get a lot of open shots um playing with Giannis and he will make this potential Nets Bucks matchup that we might see very interesting because you have now you can have three or to four guys who can switch out the perimeter, which is key if you want to hang with the Nets. I'm a big fan of the move. Yeah. I stand by everything you just said. That was going to be, like, my analysis. But he brings that corner shooting that the Bucks really needed, for sure. Yeah. Because they lost George Hill and Wesley Matthews last yeah. past offseason. Yeah. And, yeah, like, I'm excited to see him here in Milwaukee, you know. Absolutely. I love, I love the move. Um, the Bucks may have overpaid a little bit, but at the same time, this is the perfect fit for what your team needs. Of you have size, you have Brooke Lopez, and you have Giannis. You don't need another huge body. So what he brings is what I think the perfect player to play alongside Giannis in the low block. He can run the floor. He can space the floor. More importantly, and shoot threes. He can rebound and play perimeter defense. And so he's exactly what you need. And yeah. it. The Bucks have a lot of really good guys on their team. You know, a lot of fun guys. You know, Giannis, Brooke Lopez, uh, Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday. These are nice guys. And so it's good to see the Bucks go out and get somebody with a little bit of a nasty streak in them. This is what they mm-hmm. need come playoff mm-hmm. time when things are starting to go south. Mm-hmm. And you know, when you're in a rut, you need a little bit of nasty. You need a little bit of a dog to help get yeah. you over that hump. And PJ Tucker is exactly that guy. Yeah, and I think for the every first team time, needs that guy, and the Bucks don't yeah. didn't have him yet, and so PJ Tucker brings that. Yeah, and then for the first time in like three years, I'm pretty sure PJ Tucker is just happy to see a couple seven footers on his team, so that now he does not have to play center. <laughs> like he does not have to be the one down there battling the big. He's like, okay. Now I can kind of switch and play three to two guards and not have to worry about, you know, getting rebounds. And, oh, I got a matchup with Jokic or AD tonight. Like, I think <laughs> PJ is happy to be around other tall people for once and not be in Houston. For sure. For sure. No no Houston slander. No Houston, no Houston slander. slander. No Houston slander. He did, he did go Shut to up. a contender, though, so I'm really happy yeah, for him, yeah. you know. Yeah. I think it's a great move. Probably overpaid, but that's all right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in today's NBA, you're never going to get a player for below market. Nah, so. you're not going to get a discount. Yeah. It's just not going to happen. Definitely not. So, all right, let's play a game, shall we? Let's do it. So let's play a little bit of start, bench, and cut. Okay, I'm going to give you guys a trio of players, and you need to start one on your team, bench one, and cut one. All right, and honestly, I have no idea what I'm going to do with half of these, so this will be interesting. 
So we're going to start with... This was really hard. This is beyond hard. This is the hardest (laughs) one. This is really hard. The three greatest power forwards of all time, in my opinion. Start, bench, cut. Carl Malone, Kevin Garnett, Tim Duncan. Dion? Okay. I battled really hard for the bench one. The starter is undisputed for me. It's Tim Duncan. He's just the best power forward of all time. Off the bench, though, I, w- <laughs> I wanted to go with Carmelone, but I love the energy that KG brings. So I, I, I'm going with Kevin Garnett for my bench. That's my exact yeah. carbon copy. My three for the exact reason you named was like Tim Duncan is undisputed best power forward of all time in my eyes. Mm-hmm. The bench it came down to just like one. I think KG is like. A generational talent like the energy he brings the defensive player he is mm-hmm. and they don't call him big ticket for no reason like they call everyone calls him big ticket because he'll get you there and that's it just came on carl malone's all-time great but man it's hard to cut yeah. kg it's hard to yeah. cut kg i think i have to start kg i think i do what you are crazy over Tim Duncan? Oh, I think I got to. Here's the thing is I think KG is a better defensive player than Tim Duncan. And so all things considered, I think KG is the most balanced out of those three guys. And I admit I'm biased. Ke- Kevin Garnett was my favorite player growing up. Like I can't explain it's true. Like, growing up, KG <laughs> I, I, I need my favorite. He might be my favorite player of all time, bro. I don't need. To, okay, I, I don't need to know anything else. I don't need to know anything else. But I think and he I brought think the Celtics their only chip too in like the last mm-hmm. couple. Anything is possible, baby. Years. Anything mm-hmm. is possible. Um, <laughs> but I think there's an argument to be made. I don't think I'm completely biased. Like KG is the best all-around power forward in that group. Like yeah, Carmelo is an absolute. You are crazy. Best PG all, best power forward all around. I think well because Over he's Tim the best. Yeah, he's better on defense than Tim Duncan. That's the only thing he's better at. Yeah, it, that's literally that's, the only. That, there's nothing else that he's better at. Yeah, the young Tim KG Duncan is not a, 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 a and he and he does not. Ha- but he doesn't. It doesn't have the IQ that Tim Duncan has. No, he doesn't. That's what you need in the starter. You need the energy off the bench. Like you need to start the game. Like, I want the a, energy from the tip. I mean, that's, I don't know. I'm I'm baffled right now that you don't think Tim Duncan. Like, I love started. Timmy. I I'm, love Timmy. No yeah. Timmy slander. This is hard, bro. This is a tough question. Yeah. All, like, oh, it is, we're talking it about cutting Carl Malone. All of yeah. us. Yeah, we the all second <laughs> leading scorer in NBA history. Okay. There's a we are we're all a little bit biased here, all right. First of all, Carmelo's kind of a douchebag, so it makes me want to cut him anyway. But <laughs> hey, that's fair. Carmelo yeah, <laughs> yeah, is not fair. a good person. Yeah, all right. Like, you know that he got like a 16 year old girl pregnant when he was at Louisiana Tech in college, <laughs> and then he just kept denying it was his like his entire life. Kind of messed up. Meanwhile, anyway, that kid's probably like six eleven, and he's probably like seven years old. <laughs> Yeah, he's probably in therapy right now because his dad's Shit. a dick. Anyway, <laughs> like, 
<laughs> but obviously on the court, an absolute unit. But like it's hard. It just comes down to like like for me, KG, the energy, the leadership, the defense. Yes, he's not as good on offense as Tim Duncan or Carl Malone, but all of those things I think mm-hmm. make me want to take him. All right. Ooh, it's it's hard for me to not start Tim Duncan it's just because like for me. Five rings. That's fair. Just like you, you know what you're getting from. T- it's, it's really, really That's hard fair. though between KG and Tim. Like I'm not mad at what you said, but it's 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 hard for me to not just because I'm so. I just think Tim Duncan is the greatest power forward to ever play. I know. I, and like, like I'm not rings. mad at KG either because I really love KG. Like I really like Kevin Garnett. So it, it's I, I see the point. I just I can't go against Tim Duncan. Like. Mm-hmm. You know, the five rings, it matters, but Timmy wasn't also stuck in Minnesota during his prime, all right? Okay. <laughs> next next trio, the all-time Mount Rushmore of Lakers bigs. I don't want to do this one. I really don't. I really had no <laughs> this idea. Is Will, this Kareem, is and worse. Shaq. Start, bench, and cut. You know, I'll, I'll go first if you Please. guys are struggling with this. Please. Yeah, you go. <sighs> I know I'm probably going to get hate from you guys for this, but I think you have to start Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I think you have to. I had him too. I had him as my I had, Yeah, absolutely. Okay, I thought you guys were going to go Shaq no. for sure. Okay. No, Shaq no. The best I, I think you have to start Kareem. Like the absolutely. all-time yeah. leader in points scored in the NBA, the most unstoppable player in his era. Mm-hmm. He, there have only been a few players in NBA history who changed the game fundamentally, and Kareem was one. And yeah. changed the way centers play, like everything. He played forever. The longevity is insane. Like I, I think in today's day and age, Kareem is just completely disrespected in that we get so caught up in the MJ versus um, LeBron discussion and nobody even mentions Kareem and I don't understand it. So I think I have to start Kareem and I I'm, I'm benching Shaq. I'm benching yeah. Shaq. Okay. Uh-huh. And I got to yeah. cut, yeah. I got to cut Wilt. Wilt was a great player. Yeah. You know, another one of those guys who changed the game in his time. But at the same time, he was dominated by Bill Russell for most of his career. Mm-hmm. Wilt has this mystique. Maybe Preach. it's all the ladies, you know. Preach. But it's like Wilt has this mystique. And I think, you know, the 100-point game is crazy, and he has stats that just boggle the mind that will never be broken. But I think that's all he has, really. And so I got to mm. cut Wilt. Yeah. Oh, I agree. And that's, plus, like, yeah. you have Shaq. Shaq? Basically, only had one move, and he is in eighth all-time leading scorer. <laughs> he did, you know, that's like, accurate. One move. That's he had one move, and, and he has twenty-eight thousand points. Like this is insane. The most physically dominant player exactly. of all time. Exactly. So, like, he has to be on the bench. Can I'm you sorry. imagine if he had Kareem Skyhook? Imagine. Yeah, like if Shaq actually insane. had post moves. How good he would have been. Mm-hmm. He would have exactly. scored 100,000 points. Yes. He wasn't just big. <laughs> he would have been averaging 60 points a game. <laughs> yeah. Yep. 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 That's, I definitely have Shaq on my bench. Yeah. Exact so we're, same. We're all exact agree. same. Yeah. We all, yeah, we all, we all agree. I, I love the point Taylor made because I had that parentheses next to Will Chamberlain for why I cut him was Bill Russell was still dominant in that era. 
And all he has, like, if you look at who Will was playing against, like, he wasn't playing against equal size, like, players. So his numbers always look crazy. Mm-hmm. But Bill Russell was still winning majority of those matchups. So, like, that's that's kind of why I had it. Not majority at all. Oh, yeah. yeah. Bill Russell never lost to the Lakers. Never miss a loss. Which is yeah. crazy. Those Lakers team was great. Rest in peace, Elgin Baylor. Phenomenal player. Jerry yeah. West, Will Chamberlain, and still – Bill Russell just blocked all of them from being able to get a title. Absolutely wild. Um, I think they did get a title at one point, but I don't think they ever beat the Celtics. So kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. All right. A little call back to last week. Gentlemen, let's <laughs> let's keep it respectful. <laughs> I'm out of here. Start, start bench <laughs> cut. Uh, Dame, I'll skip, I'll skip Steph, this. and Luca. I'll skip this one. I, I can, I'll start. I'll start this. I don't. One. I don't want to get heated because uh, you guys already know. Yeah, this I'll start this one. So I wrote in parentheses next to this one. All time slash. Are we going right now? But if we're going all time, obviously, because that's the nature we've been doing. I'm starting Steph Curry. I'm benching Dame, and I'm cutting Luca, and that absolutely hurts my heart. But. If we were going all time, that's kind of how I did it. But it's kind of hard to go against Steph Curry. Like, if you revolutionize the game of basketball and, like, change the way even little kids are playing the game, shooting 30-footers, like, I had to start Steph. Dame, from a mid-major, like, for him to be slept on like this, like, to be as bad of a dude as he is and probably the clutchest player out there today, like, had to bench him. And give Luka – two or three more years, and this definitely would have changed for me. But it, it was hard. It was hard. It was hard. Dion, I'm sorry. I'm in the other room. Please don't beat me up. No, but I had, to, I had to go that way. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you, VJ. Right now, this is easy. In Like you said, two, three, five years, maybe not. Or maybe it's still easy. Yeah. It's different, you know. But right yeah. now, this is easy. You start Steph. Steph is an all-time great. He's like Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, Kareem. He is iconic. He changed the game. He's going to be a name exactly. that is mentioned forever. Um, and three titles to boot. Dame in second for all the reasons that you just said. You know, my love affair with Damian Lillard is well documented. I, I just love Dame's attitude. He's a dog. He's Look at Dia. Dia's face. Right <laughs> He's like, go to the next one. <laughs> no, for and then I got, I got to cut Luca. Give give us your list, Dion. I promise I will not say anything. Go ahead. Steph Luka this Dane. this is a safe environment, Dion. Steph Luca Dane. <laughs> okay. Oh, All right. I won't I won't, I won't do, divulge. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Can you at least admit a little bit of bias, Dion? Just a little. No, like I don't I don't think Dame's as good as them too. I just don't think so. <laughs> That's just what I hear right now. <laughs> I will. I will. I. I. I just can't like it. I. I, I want to throw up. Just. Just like thinking that Dame would be one of the two that is, doesn't get cut. All right. I promise I wouldn't say anything. So we're moving on. Mm-hmm. I'm a man of my word. All <laughs> right. The Celtics. We Ooh. did the. We did the Mount Rushmore of Lakers centers. Let's do the Mount Rushmore of Celtics wings. Larry Bird, Paul Pierce, Jason Tatum. Start one, bench so one, cut one. one for me. 
the easiest. Dion. <laughs> Go ahead, Dion. He was waiting on this. I, 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 start, I, I start Larry Bird and I cut both of the other ones. Both. <laughs> what does Megan Estalia say? I'm a savage. I'm a... Yeah, I can't with you, man. You're the worst. He said, "I only need one small forward. Cut the yeah, rest. Of fuck the other ones. Nah, just kidding. Like, like, to, okay. You know, in all seriousness, I would. I go. You're the worst. I go Larry for sure. Uh, start, and I was really like conflicted because I hate both of these players, uh, like with a passion, like to the core. Uh, I don't um, understand your hatred but, of Jason Tatum. I will never but, understand. What has this man ever done to you? Nothing. I understand. I just don't. I just because the Lakers like him. didn't draft him. It's because the Lakers it's, didn't it's draft him. Not even that. He's I good. just. I just cannot like. How's, how's Lonzo the ball working is. out for the Lakers? But oh, okay. Wait. Okay. <laughs> That's a low blow, man. All right. All blow. right. <laughs> all right. But I will start. JT. He's more complete of a player than Paul Pierce. No, no, uh, bench, bench. Uh, sorry, sorry. Larry Bird, I uh, start and bench JT. In all seriousness, most mm. credit you've given Jason Tatum, so I'll take it. <laughs> Even <laughs> if it's just a slight Paul Pierce, I'll take it. Um, like, if there's any yeah. player that I hate more than JT, is probably Paul Pierce. Yeah, you got to start Larry. Uh, your hatred of Paul Pierce is noted. You got to bench Paul Pierce though. And right now, obviously. Jason Tatum has a lot of potential. We'll see if it turns into anything meaningful. But Paul Pierce, because he's so unlikable, um, obviously I love the truth. But I totally understand if you didn't grow up a Celtics fan, you don't like Paul Pierce. Nobody likes Paul Pierce. I get it. He's supremely unlikable as an opponent, as an analyst. We'll get to that. Um, but his accomplishments are pretty insane. Like in the storied history of the Celtics, he is the all-time leading scorer. It's not Bill. It's not Larry Bird. Um, Paul Pierce has had a phenomenal career. People forget how clutch he was too. He had a lot of Mm -hmm. big shots in the playoffs, a lot of huge playoff performances, Mm -hmm. And so, like, I get the hatred of Paul Pierce, but I do think he, in terms of an all-time great, is underrated. Obviously, he wasn't Kobe. He wasn't Tim Duncan. I don't even think he was Kevin Garnett, necessarily. I think Kevin Garnett probably had a better oh, yeah. than he did. But at the oh, same time, yeah. I, I, I think he deserves to be up there. Not next yeah. to those guys, but among those guys. Mm-hmm. So, and then yeah, Jason that... Jason. You cut him right now, but who knows? We could be talking yeah. about these guys in a few years. That was my list too. Larry, uh, start Larry. It was hard. I, I benched Paul Pierce. I cut Tatum, even though I like Tatum more than Paul. I only I just don't like Paul Pierce as an analyst, and just because he has some, I don't know, some pure hatred for LeBron. He finds ways. Yeah, to he's got a weird beef with LeBron, which is I, weird. I, I, it, it's weird because yeah. he doesn't he doesn't understand that he's not LeBron's peer. He's not like, yeah. he, make, he makes some good points of like early in his career, Paul Pierce was a roadblock to LeBron for a couple years, but that doesn't mean you're on the same level, you know? Exactly. But like, as a player, like I actually just so to educate myself, I went back and watched a little bit of Paul Pierce. 
Um, couldn't jump over a phone book probably, but so man, tank. can you score the basketball? Like mm-hmm. he was a, as a wing, he was pretty good. I'll give him that. And like even I just remember the, the last remember I have of Paul Pierce truthfully wasn't even a Celtic uniform. It was him saying, you know, I didn't call a game, I call or, or I didn't call a bank, I call a game for the Wizards. Like mm-hmm. he's a clutch, he's a clutch player, and he was an absolute bucket. Even though like he can't really, he's not athletically gifted. But like I said though. Honestly, if Jason Tatum would have had a run, has a has a ring, I would have already said right there, just because that's the potential JT has. Yeah, for sure. Okay, scratch that. I don't like him, but I do respect <laughs> how good of a player he was. Fair enough. I'll take it. Yeah. All right, last one. The Nets' big three: KD, Kyrie, and Harden. I can start this one. Now, this one was pretty easy for me. Obviously, I'm starting Kevin Durant. I'm benching Kyrie, and I'm cutting James Harden. Just because I've seen Kyrie what? on the biggest stage. Do you mean what? No shot. Go on. You taking Harden over I Kyrie? Am, for sure. Okay, I want to hear your analysis, there because I wasn't even finished with mine. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> what, what are you seeing this year that tells you Kyrie is better than James Harden? The Nets I'm are not just going off of not because I'm of not going off of one. I'm not going off of one year. I, like I said, this list is if it's all time, I'm just going to go off regular season. Like I'm not going off a of regular season. What James Harden does, like yeah, you can score and pass the ball, but when it's winning time, you disappear down the playoffs every year. So <laughs> you just glance over I'm, those things like it's nothing. Yeah, you could score and pass the ball. Okay, but like when, does, like, his, his, his production doesn't win like doesn't that doesn't work much. in the playoffs. It doesn't what work. What's Kyrie done without team. LeBron? A lot of Kyrie's well, greatness was LeBron. But That's I'm saying though, you you no no no. How are you? Why, what makes you take James Harden over Kyrie though? Like, what has James Harden My done eyeballs. to show you? Then your eyeball. Have you been to the doctor to get him checked? Because they tell me some bullshit, <laughs> <laughs> bro. Kyrie is flashy his game is beyond nice but so is james harden no he has the substance he has scored way more points than kyrie but no wins to back that up what is he doing for you to play what has kyrie done without lebron you're talking about dubs can it can james harden at least show up in a playoff game though like you can't have the spurs without Kawhi. you choke that bad in a game six without Kawhi against the spurs you don't show up against the Warriors game seven, and then you choke two games in 2019 without KD on the Warriors. But, yeah, I'm supposed to say, oh, yeah, that's better than what Kyrie's giving me. When Kyrie's hit one of the biggest shots in NBA Finals history, it's like true. I'm supposed to say, yeah. I'm just supposed to say, yeah, regular season scoring, like that's just supposed to make me good. Okay, I would take that guy. You, over you're saying Kyrie on the like, stage. like he was the one who carried that team to a title. Okay, no, no, no. But I'm saying in the finals, when it counts, Kyrie showed up. James, when he was in the finals with OKC, he disappeared. He did make like your final. your point is well taken of like it's that's true. But we're talking about one playoff run with Kyrie Irving. Okay, we're talking about when it counted. And essentially, we're talking about two games. We're talking about game six and game seven versus the Warriors. And yes, you're right. That is when it counted. And yes, so game five, game five when he scored 41, 41. that didn't count. Was it game five? I thought that was game six. Okay, game five. Like, yeah, he, you're right that he is more clutch than James Harden. But James Harden, outside of that one playoff run, outside of that one playoff year, has been so much better than Kyrie. He's been much healthier. 
he's been scoring way more, assisting way more. And like, yes, your point's well taken of like that year, mm-hmm. in that moment. Yes, that is when it mattered. But I'm looking at the totality. We're looking at all time. But yeah, but I'm James Harden, James Harden has done. some like some superstars teammates at all times. And he did never nothing. Made it work with them. And, 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 and did nothing with them. He didn't even make it to the no, conference finals. He he asked for all those players he got, but he was the one who couldn't make it work with any of them. They gave him everything he needed to succeed, but he couldn't get his team over the hump. And you're saying that, oh, Kyrie had LeBron, but I'm saying James requested everything he wanted, but he didn't make it work. So that should be on him. Not that Kyrie played with LeBron, fault James for not picking the right personnel to get him over the hump. That's my issue. Okay, like I, I get it. Your point's well taken. I'll give you clutch. All right. Kyrie is more clutch than James Harden. I'll give you that. But what else is he better at? He's just a better basketball player. Skill wise, he's probably one of the most skilled players for that guard position, like ever. So he's, I mean like he I is would... skilled, but the stats back James Harden. James Harden is a much better scorer. But not in the win column they don't. In the win column they don't. They look good on paper, but not in the win column. Well, Those also, 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 his his points call, like total is really inflated by all the flops that he has, and like he shoots fifteen. He used to shoot at one point fifteen free throws a game. Nobody else did did that at all. So overall production, James Harden might give you like the uh, like a little more more assists, but mm-hmm. he's just a very very talented volume shooter. Skill-wise, I would give it to Kyrie, though, like overall. I'm agreeing with you that I prefer to watch Kyrie, but statistically, James Harden is a much better scorer. He's a much better passer. Shit, he might be a better defender. They're both god-awful on defense. Who knows? Um, But like like I said, I'll give you clutch, but I don't know other than that where you're getting that Kyrie is better. I think the stats clearly show that James Harden is better. Well, the stats are always misleading, though. Like, the stats aren't giving you the full story of everything. Like, those numbers, like Deion said, are inflated. If you get to shoot 30 times a game, you damn near should average 30 points per game. Like, the volume, the volume of shots he takes and the amount of times he had the ball in his hands, of course he should dominate the stat sheet. But Kyrie, would play with probably one of the best facilitators in LeBron, he wouldn't have the ball in his hands as much until it's time to actually win games and when it's winning time. Like, I think – the separate fact is that Kyrie shows up when it counts. Yes, James Harden numbers might look good, but when you comp, when you like factor that into what those numbers led to, it wasn't a ring, nor was it really like anything significant other than the record books. So they, the numbers look great, but I'm like, what do they actually give you? Like stat, stats can be misleading, but eyeballs can also be misleading too. Like Kyrie Irving can go to the basket you know, split split a double team, go to the basket, go up and under and have a sweet, you know, layup mm-hmm. with English off the backboard, and it's worth two points. James Harden can drive, get fouled, shoot two free throws. That's also two points. Yeah, but that's not why I think he's be- – it's not even about watching their games. It's just the fact that I just purely believe he's a more skilled player. And I, I mean, I disagree. I think the stats show that James Harden's better. But, okay. but like, you know – your eyeballs tell you that Kyrie's better. He's certainly much more pleasing to the eyeballs, but Dion, break, break the tie. What do you got? IKD starting, of course. Uh, he's the better player of the three. Uh, for off the bench, if I'm talking about like an in-game situation, who I would want, like off the bench, 
I would go Kyrie because James Harden is he's just a volume like to me he's just a volume shooter that just like passes the ball when he's like stuck and then gets assists because he has really good shooters on his team. But and that's the talent finding those players. I'm I'm not discrediting anything. I just I'm just saying who I would want off the bench. I, it would be Kyrie because he has proven to me that he can be there and be the reliable scorer that you need. Right. I want to address, and I get it, like reasonable minds can differ about this, but I want to address something you've said a few times, Dion, mm-hmm. of talking about volume scorers. And you always talk about volume scorers with like such disdain. Mm-hmm. And I don't, you know, I think it's better to have a sweet flowing offense at the same time, I don't think being a volume scorer is a bad thing. Kobe was a volume scorer. MJ was mm-hmm. a volume scorer. Shaq was a volume scorer. And so I, I think you've said that a few times to describe a yes. few players, and it's always in such a negative light, and I don't think it has to be. I, I just feel like it, you've said it a few times. I, I, a I, few do, I, do, I do believe that volume scorers cannot win by themselves. That, that's, the, that's the only reason why I use it in a negative way. Because if you shoot – 40 times you shoot your teammates out of the game because they don't get the rhythm. I just think it's better for a team not to have a volume score unless you have like somebody that can complement that. And, you know, mm-hmm. people, people have had that in the past. MJ has Scotty. Shaq had Kobe. I mean, Kobe. They, Shaq wasn't really a volume shooter though. Because it when he his shot. Was. Well, no, he was not. He, he would just because he didn't shoot jump shots. He'd just yeah, dump it into, into his, the post. It's higher percentage. Like yeah. you would want, you want those though. When I when I say volume scorer, as in they shoot a lot, they have a lot of shot attempts. That's I'm, what I mean by volume scorer. What I mean by volume scorer is shooting a lot but missing a lot. Okay, fair enough. That's what I mean by volume. Okay, shooters. then, then like take Kobe, Shaq. Then take Kobe, Shaq out of it. Okay, but. okay, because like Kobe, he's also leading the the lead, the, the the NBA in all time misses too. Like that's yeah, he shot a lot. You know, he's like mm-hmm. an all-time volume shooter. Yeah, he's the all-time he's like volume shooter. One. <laughs> he's number you know? one. <laughs> but I mean, I think you could disagree about. I mean, Pau Gasol of like he did win two titles in quotation marks, in my opinion, without help. Like I don't think those Lakers teams. Like Pau was was pretty good, but you're talking about well, Andrew is... Bynum and Derek Fisher and Lamar Odom. Odom was, Lamar, Lamar Odom, Odom was pretty was good. Yeah, I'll give you Odom. Shit. Derek Fisher, like floor general. Come on now, that's not no help yeah. whatsoever. Lamar Odom was the best card I had of 2K for like a year, so I can't really sleep <laughs> on Lamar Odom. <laughs> People sleep on Lamar because of what pre, happened pre-cocaine. Pre cocaine, <laughs> Lamar Odom was pretty cold. He I'll was cold. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's really quick, let's talk about – this is something that we talk about a lot in, like, our group chat and stuff. It's come up in a few episodes as well. But let's talk about our top five best and worst analysts in the NBA. Um, there are some guys that we really like talking about and analyzing the NBA, and there are guys we do not like. All right. And so when I say analysts, I'm talking about everybody – who's part of an NBA, NBA telecast, except for the play-by-play guys. So we're not talking about Kevin Harlan. We're not talking about Ian Eagle or those guys. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the Antle Suarez. We're not talking about like Stephen A. Smith, who their show is talking about a bunch of different things. We're talking about yeah. guys who are part of the NBA telecast specifically. So let's talk about – I'll start. My top five analysts – 
All right, and I threw a bonus in there. I like D Wade as an analyst. D Wade is a yeah. really good analyst. He's yeah. a very poor yeah. slam dunk judge. <laughs> He's a really good analyst. At number five, I got Steve Smith. I like Steve Smith mm. on NBA TV. I like yeah. him a lot. I love, He's smart. Smith. He is. Um, I love Steve Smith. Number four, I got the Jet. Kenny the Jet Smith. I like Kenny mm. a lot. I like Kenny. Um, as you'll see in a moment, his counterparts, not so much. Um, number three, I really like Mark Jackson, bro. I like Mark Jackson a lot. The Warriors did him dirty. He should have, he should still be their head coach, but I digress. It might be Monday when we're recording this, but it's always Woman Crush Wednesday, baby. Doris Burke is among the absolute best that an NBA broadcast has to offer. She knows more about like the players in basketball than just about anybody. She's awesome. I, I really like Doris Burke. Number one, I absolutely fuck with Jalen Rose. Jalen Rose is the man. He's a, he's a goat. He's the best mm-hmm. there is. <laughs> Not just a, a phenomenal hairline. Jalen Rose is the man. I I don't even know what – I can't even point out one thing about it, but about him specific. I just love Jalen Rose, everything about him. I love Jalen yeah. Rose. Does Shannon Sharp count? I don't. I no. wanted to put him everywhere. How, why not? Oh. They talk about because, NBA because he because he's on a show, a talk show that talks about everything. Not Damn just, it! So I got to remove. Well, Skip I had him. I, okay. I have to, uh, so now I don't have a top five worse than. I don't have a, do do? I have a top five. I have a top three then. <laughs> uh, okay, number three, I have Kenny. Mm-hmm. Number two, actually, number two, I have Jalen Rose. I fuck with Jalen Rose. And number one is a dude that you guys do not know because he's an he go he does it for Italian version of this of uh the, he does commentary for the Ooh, NBA diversified portfolio. I like it. Dan okay. Coach Dan Peterson. I don't know if you guys know him. He's American, but he speaks Italian and does all the commentary for the NBA. Used to at least. And he came up with the greatest quote of all time. So when somebody does something like extremely like insane, he goes, "Mama butta la pasta, il caffè nella zuppa." What does that mean? He goes, "Mom, throw the pasta in the water and the coffee in the soup," because that shit was crazy. It makes absolutely no sense. It makes absolutely no sense. But for he he got my respect forever after that. So he's my number one. Analyst. I mean, if you're saying he's better than Jalen Rose, I'm going to be checking him out immediately. <laughs> but he, he does it in Italian, so it doesn't. You can't really understand. <laughs> but yeah, I had I had Steve uh, Shannon Sharp as number one, so it doesn't really count. You have Shannon love, Sharp number one. I love. I love. Say I love. There's a difference Sharp. between being really good and just going at Skip Bayless. <laughs> Bruh, like, Skip like I Bayless love anybody is, who goes at Skip Bayless, but I don't. Skip Bayless is in my Bayless. other list. He like, embarrassed the Skip Bayless routinely, though. Yes, and I love him for it, but I don't think He's that necessarily objective. makes him great. But like, well, I'm talking about my personal favorites, like Shannon Sharp. Fair, enough, is my fair enough. Okay, since we have a little bit of different criteria, I had to redo my top five. I'll just throw I'll throw out some honorable mentions, though. I wanted to shout out Jay Billis as a college basketball analyst. And I want to give some love to Zach Lowe because I know he's an actual like paid NBA insider analyst. But mm-hmm. since we Zach updated Lowe. our list, yeah, great podcast. But my top five, uh, Kenny the Jet Smith, 
Um, inside the NBA, actually, when you get the educational part of the show, um, it's probably when Kenny talks. I think he could be a coach one day. He should be a coach. I know he has Jet Basketball Academy. His analysis on in-game situations is like like second to none because he's so smart. And as a point guard, he actually makes the right read as an analyst. Um, this fourth guy, I think you guys probably know him, but Chris Broussard, he's a Fox NBA analyst. Mm-hmm. I think he does a great job of, like, bringing objectivity to uh, being an analyst. Like, he's not trying to BS just because he's on TV a lot. He actually has, like, valid reasoning behind what he's saying. And he's very knowledgeable just about any player in the league, damn near. Like, you might not know who that player is, but Chris Broussard can tell you all about him. Uh, third, this guy, like, sometimes he's hit or miss for me because he's kind of corny sometimes. But Jay Will. Um, Jay Will, he went to Duke. He was, a, I think, the third overall pick or second overall pick back in his mm-hmm. draft class. But I think what he does um, on, in the mornings is pretty, like, spot on, too. Just as a college analyst and NBA analyst, like, his breakdown of the game, too, is very knowledgeable. And he's I like Jay Will. Yeah, he's, a, like he's hilarious, too, when he wants to be. Uh, second, Mama, there goes that man, Mark Jackson. I think Mark Jackson definitely deserves to be not only in my t- list as a top analyst, he needs another coaching job in the league. I think he could really get another young team mm-hmm. over the hump pretty soon. And like listen to him um, just call games, you you just will be entertained the whole time. And shout out to him for kind of building up that Warriors dynasty, if you will. And number one, like Jalen Rose is just a man. Like no matter which right. way you cut it, like. I love Jalen Jacoby. That's probably the funniest show ESPN has. Mm-hmm. But, like, Jalen, he always educates the people on TV who try to talk about basketball in, like, a matter-of-fact way. Jalen has not only stats but personal stories and just, like, valid things that back up everything he's saying. And, like, he's the probably the most objective person on ESPN. He'll keep it real about any topic, no matter if it's a player he likes, player he personally knows. He'll give you the real spiel of just about everything, man. Shout out Jay Rose. Absolutely. I don't know if you guys have ever seen the Fab Five 30 for 30 on ESPN. Jay oh, Rose wonderful. was easily the best part of that documentary, too. He was extremely honest and forthcoming about the Fab Five, and it was it was then that I fell in love with Jalen Rose. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> Let's get negative. Um I, I have some pretty strong feelings about my bottom five, my worst NBA analyst. I'll go I, first. I do, I do too, and I, I don't think two two of them count, so I'm <laughs> gonna have to redo it. I don't I don't care. Unload on whoever you want. Okay. All oh, right. thank goodness. Oh, thank God. You just unlocked us. <laughs> you take you take whoever you want, and you drag their name through the mud. Okay. All right. My number five is Charles Barkley. Like, yeah, Chuck's kind of funny sometimes, but I'm so sick of, like, this whole storyline of, ha-ha, Chuck's an idiot. Ha-ha-ha, get it? He, it it's funny because he's really dumb. Do you, you get it? Like, it's just, I don't know, man. He's so, like, every ad he's in, which is a lot, and, like, he's just this idiot. And he is that in real life, so he's true to character. But, like, why is he an NBA analyst? He offers nothing. He knows none of the players in the league except for like he recognizes some good post play, but he offers nothing other than being a somewhat lovable idiot. Um, Number four, I got Jeff Van Gundy. Jeff can be pretty funny sometimes, but he gets on his soapbox way too much. 
And like he'll just completely hijack, you know, the ESPN broadcast, and he's got to get all his stuff out of the way. You know, it's like Jeff, you need to chill out with all of that. Like he is smart and he does know basketball, but he gets on a soapbox way too much. And number three, I got Shaq. Like Shaq's beef with everybody in the NBA and like trying to stay relevant and like you better Google me and all this stuff. Like it gets old. Yeah. Like too. <laughs> yeah, like it's 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 almost like he's so insecure that like people are forgetting about him. You know, like obviously Shaq is awesome, like he's living his best life, but as an analyst, like I don't like him. And the same thing with Charles Barkley. I don't in terms of basketball, I don't really see what he adds other than just being a personality and being kind of funny, but you know, he's always trying to start beef with current NBA players and stuff. Like it just makes no sense. And I'm kind of over it. Number two, it pains me, but Paul Pierce is not a good analyst. He's not. All he talks about on the desk is when he was playing. He's like that guy in your hometown who was a pretty good ball player, you know, but stuck in high school, you know, like he's trying to be an analyst, but he's stuck. And like he offers absolutely nothing. Paul Pierce is a player cold. Paul Pierce is an analyst. Just horrible. At number one, I have strong feelings about Brian Windhorst. I do not like Brian Windhorst whatsoever. This is a man who's made an entire career from sucking LeBron James's dick. All right. <laughs> this is how he got his start was just following LeBron James around like a lost dog and like giving us the LeBron take of like, and he became famous during the decision because he had followed LeBron James around for a minute. Oh, maybe he has some insight. Like who cares? This guy doesn't know ball. He might know LeBron a little bit like him and LeBron are close, but like, since when does that make you qualified to talk about the rest of the NBA? Like, yeah, if you need an insight about what LeBron is having for breakfast, get Brian Windhorst on there. But other than that, he should never talk about basketball. Like he's clueless. And literally he just made a whole career out of like riding LeBron James's coattails and having his number in his phone. Like that's his whole career. And I, I do not like Brian Windhorst. I can't disagree with too much of that. It is weird though. The only reason I know Brian Windhorst is because they only mention him when there's a LeBron story. Like anything that happens exactly. with LeBron, he's like LeBron. Like the other day when LeBron sprained his ankle, within 20 minutes there's the ESPN upload about like the effects this has on the Lakers. And I'm like, well, damn, can LeBron get some ice first before Brian Windhorst breaks the story? Like it's literally like he's around the clock about LeBron. His entire career is, hey, Brian, text LeBron about this. He's like, okay, and he texts him, and then he goes yeah, he on wrote ESPN a, to talk about it. Like He's a best-selling author because of – like, he wrote a book about – that's all he wrote about was LeBron, and that made him a New York Times best-selling author. And I was it like – It is an absolute leech. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> all right, before I get started but talking about him again, go, go ahead, Dion. All right, number five, I have Shaq. I just do not – <laughs> I don't understand why he's an analyst whatsoever. His his delivery is kind of funny, but you can barely understand it sometimes when he talks because it's so low. Uh, but he doesn't really have any any really good takes, to be honest. Um, then I have Paul Pierce at four, but yeah, I have three I have three analysts that are worse than him. <laughs> 
there's some bad ones out there. There's some really bad ones. Like my bottom three, <laughs> easily they all could have been number one. Like Paul yeah. Pierce, Shaq, and Brian Windhorst are all awful. Oh, just like mine. Uh, Jeff Van Gundy is my number three, and it's it's a stretch because I would have him at one. I hate him. I cannot stand him. He is the. I know I'm biased, but he is the most biased analyst in the history of sports. He, when he doesn't like somebody, he will let you know even during the game, like when, when it, whenever he's analyzing games and stuff like that. I just don't understand how Mark Jackson puts up with that. I just I don't get it how he doesn't get punched in the face. But OK, he's my number three. I'll stop there. Uh, number two and number one are not shouldn't be in this category, but I will put them here anyways because I hate them so much and I just have to voice this. My number two is. Skip Bayless, I ha- I cannot stand Preach. this man. Preach. He has been kicked from shows before, and justifiably so. And his takes are preposterous. I I don't understand how he still yeah. has. Been I don't I I don't understand how Shannon keeps putting up with him, but it's making the money, so I can't blame him. Uh, number one is Stephen A. Smith's counterpart. Max Ooh. Kellerman. Preach. He, Preach. Had, he has the all-time worst takes Preach. in the history of the world. In the history of takes. In the history of takes. <laughs> Say yeah. that Kobe Bryant is an all-decade worst team was what set me off. I just can't, I couldn't. I, every, oh. time comes, every time he comes on. I have to change it. I cannot do his voice anymore. Not even to all you gotta the say. Cliff. The what? Yeah, all you gotta say. Oh, the cliff when he says Tom Brady was gonna be bad for like the past four years, and all he's done is won like two or three Super yes. Bowls, and now yeah. he's like, now he's saying yeah. Tom Brady's great again. Mm-hmm. Or in the finals, he's like, game on the line. Iguodala, and they were like, you can just name, you can just name, like, we can st- stay here and name, like, every instance in where he was incredibly wrong. He's clickbait, he's a clickbait guy. That's he, all I, I, uh, that's I just try thing. to stay, stick to basketball, that's why I didn't use the Tom Brady one. But he has so many bad takes. See, yeah. no, nobody who follows sports is that stupid on accident. Exactly. Like, this, this is on purpose. Like, it's just to make Stephen A look good and, be. like, it, it just has to and be. just to generate eyeballs and stuff. Like, it has to be planned. Like, nobody is this stupid. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely true. But preach. Like, Max Kellerman would be my number one. Mm-hmm. Throw Nick Wright in there, too. I hate Nick Wright. I, I want, He's like, my clown. top three is, like, yeah. like, like a hair apart. I hate all three the same. I just had to put them in order. Yeah. For I, sure. I'm with, I, I'm with, I'm with that. I literally with just that skipped, sure. I, I literally just switched Skip Bayless just now, just. Because they're all the same. I put them. I put them seconds just because <laughs> they're one. Oh, I hate them. Fuck, I hate them. Okay, I'll, I'll give my take here. Number five. Some of you guys. I have Shaq as number five. Like I don't see what he offers as far as intel or in-depth analysis during the game. Like I think majority of the show he just says, "Oh yeah, Chuck. Yeah, Chuck." I'm a big man. Give it to me, nice barbecue chicken. Like that's all he says is how good he was down low. Like they'll ask him what I do you think about the game. I see you. Yeah, 
He said, "Big fella, that's twenty-five and ten as barbecue chicken." Like he'll only <laughs> talk about himself during the game. Right. Like he'll find a way to make it. He'll find a way to make it about Shaq. Like Ernie will ask him, "Hey Shaq, what do you think about this?" And he'll say, "Well, back when I was playing, Ernie will have to move on to the next person." He's like that's not what you I better Google you. me. You better Google exactly. Me. Google me, Chuck. And he me, Chuck. he takes he takes shots at young players almost for no reason. Like I think he still has been mentioning Donovan Mitchell's name. And just trying to make it seem like he's a scrub for no reason, just because I think like Donovan Mitchell just didn't give him the time of day and respond to him. But he just doesn't offer anything. As a person, I love Shaq. As an analyst, no can do. For Taylor, I think you might appreciate this. I absolutely hate Rob Parker on Fox Sports. Reach. Oh this my dude, gosh, he's the I'm worst. Sorry. I'm sorry for our listeners. I will take it to football one more time. He finds every reason to hate Tom Brady, and Tom Brady could do nothing wrong. He'll find a reason to hate him. He hates LeBron with a burning passion. I think LeBron opened the I Promise School, and Rob Parker said, oh, that's the only reason he's going to L.A. is so he can get more donors and more support. Like, he's that kind of guy. He just likes to find the worst in everything. And luckily, Chris Broussard just tells him to shut his ass up sometime and, like, just let him, let's let me do the show for today because you're talking nonsense. He's a professional hater. He's made an entire career yes. on just hating on yes. the that you should like. Yes. So stupid. He could put that on his resume as like certified, bona fide hater. Like just that guy. Right. Even if you needed one person to play fives with, you would just look past him and say, that's okay. We'll just play with four. That's how much you don't like this dude. This man <laughs> hates Tom Brady, but loves Antonio Brown. Like, Yeah. The logic behind that escapes me. Okay. Number three. Paul Pierce, I got to say, like, I know we were just talking about him, all-time great Hooper. As an analyst, he really lost me when he said he was better than D-Wade. When he Preach! said that, I just – I forgot to mention that. Preach! Just Preach! He just, I couldn't take him seriously. And luck, luckily, Jalen Rose is there to just name off, like, all the stats. It just – after that, Paul Pierce didn't have a word to say, like, He's like, okay, D-Way has more all-time this than you. He has first-team all – he's like, or all-star. And Paul Pierce just couldn't say anything. Like, Paul Pierce, too, is another guy that gets caught up in trying to, like, put himself in the limelight. When he – if he just – if he just criticized the game, I feel like he would honestly be better. But he tries to make it about himself and individual players. I think Paul Pierce wasn't really ready to retire. And Draymond like- is feeling <laughs> – Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but like my bias admitted, I do think Paul Pierce and D Wade are comparable. I would agree that D Wade's probably a little bit better, but I do think they're comparable. But the point, the whole point is like, why are you saying that in the first place? Like, Mm -hmm. it's so like, like we're talking about with Shaq, like, you know, unless you're Michael Jordan, we'll give Michael Jordan a pass. Like, why are you so petty in retirement? Like, retirement's a time to like kind of reflect on the good times, and you should be thanking LeBron for pushing you and stuff, and like all this yeah. stuff. But he just cannot keep some people's names out of his mouth, and he can't stop talking, try to elevate himself when he should just be great. Every time, like, every time, it's it's pretty cringeworthy. Yeah. Okay, number two here. This guy, I guess we're on the Fab Five train today. Chris Weber is an absolutely horrible basketball analyst as a commentator. <laughs> <laughs> like, just, just listening to him. The, it was a couple Paul weeks Pierce, though. It's just because, like, Paul Pierce I give more credit to, but Chris Weber, like, and, and Paul Pierce doesn't do game-by-game analysis. Like, he's not on the commentator thing as much. But Chris Weber the other week said 
he compared Draymond Green to Giannis and LeBron, saying that when he's in the open court, he's just as you should fear him just as much as those guys because he can get to the rim. <laughs> and I think I just cut that game off and was like, all right, I can't be silly <laughs> with this foolishness. <laughs> it's not a great take. Right? But it's just like Chris Webber, like, like again, a great, great player, but like he doesn't bring anything to the game. It's kind of similar to Reggie Miller. Like their intake and what they profess out when they call these games is like, okay, this is not very high level analysis. This is just kind of like very reactionary and it doesn't really serve his purpose. But I just feel like Chris Weber too is one of the, he states the obvious, but tries to make it very hard. Like he tries to disguise it as some, oh, this is in depth. I'm going to give you some stats, but not really much substance. Number one, and this guy is absolutely like, and it's not even for the reasons that you guys think. Skip Bayless is probably the absolute worst analyst of anything, I think, because that man just has – I think he literally has a hatred in his heart. And once he does not like you, he will find any excuse to make all his takes go against you. No matter what happens, like the Clippers lost, and now he wants to say the Clippers didn't want to be in the bubble. Like LeBron was lucky the Clippers didn't make it. And then like, okay, well, it's LeBron's fault the Clippers didn't get there. He's made a career off of himself for being one of the, like, the guys players hate the most. Like, literally, Allen Iverson and Skip Bayless went back and forth on Twitter. Just this past summer, he was disrespecting Dane Lillard. After Dane was in the bubble killing, Chris, like, Skip Bayless just went on and on and on about how much Dane isn't this, how much Dame isn't that. And then, like, Dame hit the game winner, dropped 50, and was like, put some respect on my name. And Skip was like, oh, show me when it counts. I'm like, when – would it count other than in the bubble in the playoffs when you have to make it? Like, what, what, what do you want? <laughs> show me when it counts. Like, Dave is clutch, man. Like, what do you mean, show me when it counts? Yeah, that... yeah. And I'm like, see, 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 he's beyond bias. Like, bias is an understatement compared to him because once he does not like you and he has it out for you, he'll continuously just continue to try to, you know, sit on you. And then, like, the LeBron thing, I think that's just naturally like how his career got that's how his career is what it is today is just hating on LeBron James no matter what LeBron could do anything like LeBron wins a championship and skips like well he had help he saved his career it was in the bubble like no matter what you do if he does not like you and you prove him wrong he will find a way to go at you I think that's what makes him the worst not his hate for people but the fact that he can't admit when he's wrong that's how you know he's just the worst analyst there is yeah he's a professional troll yeah, professional. Well, he's worse than Rob Parker. He's worse than Rob Parker. There's a lot of guys I have hate in my heart for who talk about sports. <laughs> it was it was honestly hard to narrow it down to five. Yeah. That's why I yeah. had to change the criteria up a little bit, just because I needed something to narrow it down. Yeah. But <laughs> crazy. Whew. Whew. All right. If you guys are listening to this. We appreciate you guys. Once again, thank you guys for the 1K. We are hyped about that. Not done yet. We're going to keep it coming. We're going to do our best to keep improving and keep dropping heat for you guys. So if you are listening to this, we appreciate you guys. Quick reminder to follow us on Instagram if you haven't already at Podcast to interact with us and keep up to date with everything we got going on. Until next time, we'll see you guys next time. Peace, Peace, peace. In business, you rarely hear the expression for life. You make a purchase for a product, for a service, and, and there's, a, there's a time frame there. 
Well, that's not the case with Awaken 180 weight loss. Allow me to explain. You know, a year ago, I started with Awaken 180 weight loss and had incredible success losing weight. But you can lose all the weight in the world and not keep it off. And what good is it? That's why I have support for life from Awaken 180. Yeah. I mean, I go back for check-ins and make sure everything's going smoothly. But if I ever had a problem, the counselors are there to get me back on track. Why don't you do what I did and call for a consultation? 844-346-1800. 844-346-1800. Or go to awaken180weightloss.com. 